Question of the day. Are feminists telling us that selling your body online is somehow feminism? And the upsuite in the creators of OnlyFans has gone beyond. Let's talk about it. Hey, 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 Charisma here. Welcome back to Charisma Daily. If you're new around here, hello. OnlyFans. We're going to be talking about OnlyFans today. And I'm sure you have heard of the platform called OnlyFans. And during the pandemic, it really took an uptick because of, you know, pretty much everything was shut down. And a lot of sex workers and other um, individuals took to OnlyFans and it has become a growing phenomena with women especially as being one of the largest number of creators on OnlyFans and I'm going to get into what is OnlyFans and why is it so dangerous but before I get into that I want to share with you an article from Vanity Fair. Now, this was written back in 2016, even before OnlyFans had really taken off. Uh, It says a growing number of young people are selling their bodies online to pay student loans, make the rent, or afford designer labels. Is it just an unorthodox way to make ends meet or a new kind of exploitation? Nancy Joe Sales investigates. Just another job. This is what they're telling herself. The most surprising thing about Miranda's story is how unsurprising it is to so many of her peers. Almost all of my friends do this sort of sex work, says Katie, 23, a visual artist in New York. It's super common. It's almost trendy to say you do it or that you would. It's become like a thing people say when they can't make their rent. So when they can't make their rent, they're going to do this kind of work on OnlyFans. It says, well, I could always just get a sugar daddy. I guess I could just start camming or doing sexual performances in front of a webcam for money on sites like Check to Rate and other sites. And they think it's just normal. So pretty much as the debate all over the U.S. and North America is, should should it be or should they discriminate sex workers, uh, sex work? It says that prostitution has quietly gone mainstream among many people seen as a variable option and an impossible economy and liturgized by, by a wave of feminism that interprets sexualization as empowering. So this is what, you know, feminists are encouraging. They're pretending that selling your body is somehow feminism. 
But is it really? A woman taking her clothes off in front of a camera or in other, any other way, but this one we're talking specifically women doing performing sexual performances and sexual acts in front of a webcam to a, a subscriber base who pays monthly fee to see this individual. Is it empowering? I don't think so. But let's get into what is OnlyFans, if you're not sure what OnlyFans is, and why is it so, so dangerous? Why is it dangerous? So this is from a site called everaccountable.com. It says, what is OnlyFans and why is it dangerous? You may have heard of the increasing, um, the increasing popular OnlyFans in the news lately. Since the start of the pandemic, the streaming platform have gone, has grown by over 555%. Can you imagine that? 553, sorry, 553%. And it's still growing. It's not slowing down. It says, but what does a streaming site has to do with accountability? What a lot of people don't know is that OnlyFans has a dark side to it. Pornography, harassment, stalking, and even sex trafficking are too common on these anything goes website. So we need to talk about this, right? So what is OnlyFans? OnlyFans is an online streaming platform and app created in 2016 where users can pay for a private private content such as photos, videos and live streams with a monthly subscription. Fitness trainers, models, public figures and other content creators use the platform to grow and monetize their face fan base. So this was how it started out. Uh, OnlyFans that's how it started out. It started out with you know attracting creators and entrepreneurs to build a community of fans and so that they can come and to tap into their their products and services and information try this thing but then when the pandemic hit a lot everything shifted to online and they gravitated to only fans and it's become predominantly uh, a place for this kind of content but unlike YouTube, Instagram, or Snapchat, Snapchat OnlyFans allows explicit sexual content. Because OnlyFans is by subscription only, content creators can share nude photos of themselves, live stream pornographic, 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 can't speak today, videos, and even virtually interact with their subscribers. Effectively, OnlyFans is live corn. I have to say it that way for because of the algorithm. You know, always, always listening. But you know what I mean. And even virtually, um, so, sorry. But it's also so much more than that. So why is it dangerous? Why is OnlyFans so dangerous? Now the platform has become increasingly popular for people who have become unemployed during the pandemic. 
but is also popular among sex workers. With a subscription, anyone can view sex workers and pornographic actors without ever visiting a corn site. This makes OnlyFans especially dangerous for kids. Now listen up. If you have a child, you need to be aware of this, okay? That your child, teenager or otherwise, can sign up for OnlyFans and get around any any restrictions that they have in place. So children are using OnlyFans. The BBC recently looked at the rise of children under the age of 18 selling explicit content on, guess what? OnlyFans. Even though OnlyFans claims to have a verification process to keep children off the platform, these kids are using fake IDs, parents' passports, or photos of friends to fake their identity and begin creating content. These children might begin by just live streaming hobbies like music and fitness, but the promise of easy money is a downward spiral. With the incentive to get more subscribers and more money, a lot of creators get sucked into producing more and more explicit material because the fans want more of it, the fans are ready to pay more for it, and it seems to be safe and private. However, OnlyFans isn't so private. OnlyFans claims that the site's content is private and can't be viewed without a subscription. Only this isn't true. There has been countless cases of creators' content being screenshot, recorded, or hacked on the site. This content is then shared on the internet where it can be infinitely replicated. And once something is on the public internet, it is almost impossible to delete. Sadly, a lot of these child and adult performers will be haunted by their images and videos for the rest of their lives. Now, there's also predators and traffickers who use OnlyFans. Why would they why would they use OnlyFans? A predator and a trafficker. Can you guess why they would want to use OnlyFans? Hmm. What better place to scout for vulnerable young performers? One of the scariest things about OnlyFans is that you can't can't choose who subscribes to your content. I mean, that's pretty much any platform. You can't choose, right? Who subscribes? So even if you're a teenager. If you're a teenager and you're streaming full con- fun content about your makeup routine, a predator can subscribe and begin speaking with you. This kind of relationship can go south, especially if a pred- predator or sex trafficker is encouraging a creator to slowly post more and more sexual videos or images. And we all know that predators are very skilled at this kind of grooming. Now, the sad thing is, is that high school girls think that OnlyFans has career potential. 
you know, as a result, these pick me girls have a saying, only ugly girls get diplomas in certain high school cultures, hoping to make it big on OnlyFans. They plan to drop out of high school when they turn 18. So parents and educators need to talk openly about these dangerous trends that can derail a teen's potential. Now, there's other issues with OnlyFans. There has been child sexual abuse material that's been on OnlyFans, and which is very harmful, and it's very, very dangerous. So if you're a parent, you need to be mindful, and you need to be diligent, and you need to be aware of exactly what your child is doing on a computer or even on a cell phone, okay? Because these sites are not good for children. They're not good for women. And you, you know, 70% of the creators on OnlyFans are women. Go figure. So you need to protect your children and you really need to put in a safeguard against these, this situation. Now, some of the stats on OnlyFans, I will get into it. I'm actually going to share those stats on my show on the um on Spotify on all the audio streaming podcasts streaming platforms. I'm going to share those stats with you. I'm not going to share those stats in this show uh cuz those other shows I don't do them live. So I'll be getting into those stats on that show tomorrow. So tuning for that. So moving on. So we've talked about the dangers of OnlyFans and I want to share a story with you of someone who claims to be a feminist and she is on OnlyFans. I mean, when does it when does it stop? You know, when does it stop this feminism thing? Um you know, with being she's a feminist and she's on OnlyFans. So, I'm going to read that story to you. And let's get into that. Okay, so here it is. Let me make it a little bit smaller. Okay, here we go. Remove that. So this is an article on a site called Midlife Slices. And it says, I'm an OnlyFans. I'm a feminist on OnlyFans. My body, my choice. All right. It says I'm a feminist and I am proud to announce to the world I am also an artistic nude and a fashion fitness active and wear and a fantasy model with an OnlyFans profile. So she's pretty proud about what she does. So let me share that with you. If you think the two my deeply held feminist values and my lifestyle choices can't coexist or feel confusing, I beg to differ. Honestly, how can I proclaim that I'm a feminist supporting the rights of women to do, say, and behave as they please without also believing wholeheartedly that it is also okay for my naked body to be viewed online on my OnlyFans profile? So here she is, she's claiming big and bold, she's a feminist, 
and she supports the right of the rights of women to do, say, and behave as they please. The only part that's missing from this is that she should have said, and without accountability. Because modern women today think that they can do, say, and behave as they please without any accountability. So that part, she she really should have put that part in. So she believes all those things and that it's okay for her to put her naked body to be viewed online on her OnlyFans profile. She goes on to say, feminism is about women's rights to choose, to be equal, and to have autonomy over how they use and show their bodies, among other things. I want more perfect an example of this than a woman who loves herself and respects herself enough to be paid for that very expression. So she loves herself so much and she respects herself so much enough for her to be paid to show herself online, show her naked body online and to show that expression of who she is. So this is feminism. This is the modern feminism that encourages and what's the word? Indoctrinate modern women into believing that I can, that they can do, say, uh, say, do whatever they want without accountability and that they can show their bodies. However, because after all, it's their body, their choice, right? So she goes on and talks about all the things why, you know, she's doing this. So then in the end, she says, so what has OnlyFans got to do with feminism? Some of you might believe that making my photos available on OnlyFans for people to subscribe to and view is a modern form of prostitution, you think? What a sellout, you may think. You're just pandering to men's desires to objectify women's bodies. Or what on earth does your partner think? To anyone who thinks or say things like this, and trust me, they do, I'll say you're wrong. For years, decades, centuries, even, men have seen women's bodies as freely available commodities that they have the power and right to use, explore, and view on a whim. It is an ingrained belief system that shows up in the behaviors of men across cultures and demographics. It's behaviors that men are solely conditioned to accept from and even encourage of among other men. And while the tide is certainly turning slowly, slowly, internet dating for all the joys it brings can often only exasperate the problem. How many men have paid for your meal or entertainment than expected sex in return? There is still some entitlements felt by men over women's bodies. As a survivor of sexual abuse and assault by men, I experienced this firsthand. 
And she goes on to say, you know, it's she's a I'm a whole woman, so I've reclaimed my body, my whole self, my childhood, love of self-expression through the art of photography and the beauty of a woman's body, my body. If people want to enjoy that, they can invest. They can invest their time and money, just like I've invested mine to create the images to begin with. You may or may not agree with this, of course, that's okay. How I choose to show up in the reclamation of my body, my sensuality, my sexuality, and my experience of how I choose to share my energy and my joy is mine and mine alone. And that includes my OnlyFans profile. Wow, wow, wow. Here she's talking about all the men who has viewed women's bodies at their whim, who feel like they have, um, you know, the right to look at a woman's body whenever and however. So on one hand, she's complaining that she's saying really that it's men's fault. Because men, men are the ones who who continue to want to see women half naked and naked, and you know, showing their body fully on in full frontal arenas for men to see. So it's men's fault. But yet, she's over here doing the same thing that she's complaining that the men want. Help me to understand this, please. Help me to understand the madness because. How can you talk out of the both sides of your mouth? Like, I don't understand it. It's just crazy to me. Do you do you think this woman is sane? That she's complaining that it's a man's fault or men's fault? Because for centuries, for years, men have viewed women's bodies that they felt entitled. But yet, if women stop sharing and stop giving of themselves and displaying their body... wouldn't have anything to see, right? You're fueling the marketplace for this kind of content. So at the end of the day, now, let me preface this by saying, there are a number of women and younger children and young women who are in this arena, not by choice. They're either forced, they're coerced, they do it against their will. And my heart goes out to those who are in it and can't get out of it. Not because that they don't want to, but because they're being, they're being forced to do this kind of stuff against their own will. The women, the modern women that I'm talking about in this show today is the women who are not being forced to do it. Who does this by their own will? through their own actions, through their own decisions, okay? They've decided they're not being forced. They're not being coerced. They don't have to do it just to eat. They don't have to do it just to live, to survive. The women I'm talking about have the ability to do it or not to do it, and they choose to do it. They choose to not go and get a regular job, they choose to do this kind of work 
And they want us to believe that this is normal work because you're selling your body. Now, before you feminists come for me telling me that sex work is work, I don't agree. And that's my, that's my opinion. We don't have to agree on it. So I just wanted to preface that because I know that this is a, a, um, a very sensitive topic when it comes to women and the opportunities that, that are out there and some of the situations that presents itself in, in this life. Unfortunately, it's, um, it's sad. It's very sad. So my heart goes out to those women, but I'm not talking to those women today. This, this is for the one, the ones who, who, who do it, who does it deliberately. So moving on, we're going to get into a video by Joe Rogan and where he gives his opinion about OnlyFans. So this is interesting. And he's talking also about the dangers of OnlyFans. So let's get into that. Because a lot of the. Okie dokie doke. There it is. Leaving you or cheating on you. Uh, and then there's what's called um, uh, ambivalent attachment style, where there are people, both men and women, who um, they don't really uh, want an intimate romantic relationship. They kind of avoid, if someone gets too close, they kind of push, push them away. And in uh, studies of infidelity, the securely attached have the lowest rates of infidelity and I guess probably the lowest rates of these Instagram posts or, um, you know, OnlyFans um, um, vocations. Uh, whereas, and then the second uh, is uh, the anxious attached, but the, the, the most is um, in terms of infidelity rate is the avoidant attachment style. And so women with that avoidant attachment style are also likely to be high on narcissism, probably engaged in that behavior. Wow. And also, could you please explain avoidant yeah, attachment? Yeah. So, so these um, are uh, people who don't like close, intimate relationships, hmm. uh, and so they they 
avoid them and try to be, if it gets too close, they push them away. They want to maintain their independence. And so even if they're married, they still, there's this distance. There's always this pushing away um, of the other person and of intimacy, psychological intimacy with that other person. Uh, and so these are, you know, women who are more likely to uh, engage in short-term mating and more likely to have affairs if they're in a long-term mateship. Now, has there been studies done on those type of people? Is is that because those women have experienced abusive relationships in the past and they're worried about being committed to someone because that person then starts to put restrictions on them and, and you know, gets very jealous and very mean to them? Is yeah, that... yeah. It, it's a good question and we don't know. So, so there's some speculation so the, the the dominant thinking which i don't necessarily subscribe to is that it really stems from the mother infant attachment bond mm. so if you have like a a mother or other parental figure who who wasn't there for you who is erratic and and so you couldn't rely on them then then the notion is that the infant learners they can't rely mm. on other people so they better do stuff by themselves that or on their sense. own. That makes sense. Uh, and the idea is that that attachment style, which some claim gets fixed in infancy, then carries over into adulthood when you form romantic relations. And so the um, anxious or secure or ambivalent attachment style um, in infancy gets transported into mm. adult. That's that's well, the theory anyway. Well, that that completely makes sense. If your parents were never around, or they weren't mm -hmm. reliable, or they're shitty to you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the reason I just uh, want to add a note of an asterisk by that is that yeah, there is a correlation. They do find a correlation between the infant attachment style and the later adult attachment style, but parents are also contributing genes as well, mm. well as environment. Interesting. And so it might be that the parents who themselves are kind of uh, inconsistent, not mm -hmm. there for the kids or whatever, and are off maybe having affairs on their own or whatever, transmit genes to their children that dispose them toward those styles as well as an environment. And so studies haven't been done to try to disentangle the genetic effects versus these um, parental effects on attachment style. Interesting. Um if you were going to study um, social media and its impact on, on dating strategies, you, you, one of the things that would be really fascinating is the amount of options. Hmm. Like if you're a single person today and you have uh, an Instagram page where you're trying to present yourself as an attractive mate, you know, um, one of the weirder things today is manipulation, mm -hmm. right? Like people are using filters yeah. and they're using these uh, deceptive tactics that change the shape of their body, mm -hmm. change the shape of their face, the tone of their skin. I mean, it's really pretty extraordinary when you yeah. see what can be done with these filters. And so there's that, which is to signal to others that they're more attractive than mm -hmm. they actually are physically. Yep. Then there's, you know, virtue signaling in the term, in the for, form of what they write in their posts 
you know, whether they're proclaiming their support for climate change or mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter or whatever, they're trying to put themselves into a, a moral high ground position. Mm -hmm. And then there's the sexually suggestive poses that go along with that. And hilariously enough, oftentimes you have all three of those things combined. <laughs> like they're trying to go for the coup de gras. They're, kind of, they're, they're in their underwear with their butt up in the air talking about social issues while they're using a filter. Yeah. And it's I, I would imagine that it, that just this platform. Whether whichever one you're talking about, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, or whatever, these platforms are fertile breeding grounds for mm -hmm. all sorts of pathologies, narcissism, sociopathy, like all sorts of bizarre yeah. behavioral characteristics that are encouraged by these social media applications and the impact that it has on people like. Oftentimes, like I'll just randomly scroll through uh, my search. Could, could feed. I grab some coffee? Well, yes, please. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I will find some person, just a average human being who you know takes photos in their underwear, and they have four million followers, yep. which is insane. It's crazy. Like, that's a lot of people. That's never been achieved before. Hmm. You know. There you have it. There you have it. This is Joe Rogan, and this gentleman that he was interviewing really got into the um, the the really the core of the some of the issues with some women why they want to or why they do get into this type of um, exposing themselves. You know that there's something going on at a at a core level. <clears throat> So it was interesting for him to hear him talk about different attachment styles and how one attachment style could lead to certain things. So it's very, very interesting indeed. And moving on, now we're going to hear, this was in the news uh, probably a few weeks ago, with Black China, who used to be a, a big-time OnlyFans creator. And now she has decided that she no longer wants to participate in OnlyFans. Now, she's made lots of money on OnlyFans. And, but apparently she, she's had redemption in her life. So I'm going to let you hear all about that from Black... China. And this is when she appeared on the Tamarin Hall's um, show. And let's get into it. People started to learn that Black China was going to be on this show today. The reaction was wide ranging, to say the least. Some of those comments bothered me because without saying a word, she was being judged. She was born Angela White, this little girl. But since hip hop star Drake mentioned her name in 2010, the song Miss Me, her fans around the world got to know her as Black China. Throughout the past decade, she gained fame as a model in music videos for artists like Kanye West, Nicki Minaj, Megan Thee Stallion, and went on to become a star of several reality shows and a major influencer for perspective. 
The hashtag Black China has over 770 million views on TikTok alone. Wow. Alone, just on alone. Come closer. That's a lot of people looking up Black China. Hmm. Her celebrity seemed to have no limits. In 2020, when she arrived at the Oscars red carpet, I was there. People were stunned. She wasn't in a movie or a TV show, but there she was. People Magazine wrote, the reality star walked the Academy Awards red carpet, and no one's quite sure why. <laughs> well, here's perhaps why. Last year, she was named one of the top earners on a fan subscription site by making, by her count, over $2 million in two years selling private content. But it was a few weeks ago, Black China went public in a way that has made headlines almost every day since. She announced that she was removing fillers from her face mm -hmm. and she was removing implants that had enhanced her breasts and her butt. The very things that helped make her body one of the most talked about bodies in entertainment. Black China now wants to be known by her real name, saying it is time to focus on a new personal journey with faith, not fame, hmm. as her focus. Take a look. Good for her. It's 614, you know, get my buttocks reduced and also wow. my breasts. This is actually my fifth time getting my breasts done. Wow. It is now Sunday. I must say I'm very, very, very happy. Normally, my procedure would have taken like maybe four hours, right? My procedure took over eight and a half hours, y'all. That silicone mask that was in my buttocks. It kept clogging the machine. Damn. I'm actually on my way to go get these fillers dissolved. It like totally changed my face from my cheeks and from my jawline. Instead of multiple pumps, I used a catheter and we went all the oh, way here awesome. and injected like this. Because enough is enough, it all has to come out. I'm ready wow. to go back to Angela. Then we're gonna be doing more targeted you can see it's blonde here. It's a little pinch and get into those areas. Just wait on the final results, you guys. I can't wait to see too. In a daytime exclusive, she's sharing more about her dramatic make under. Uh, wow, is all I can say. Wow, wow, wow. Look at all the things that she put into her body to make her look a certain way to be more appealing, to be more sexual, more sensualized. Wow. Wow. Wow is all I can say right now. Let's continue. Her new beginnings and the plans for the future. Please welcome, as she now wants to be called, Angela White. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a seat. Have Thank a seat. You. And uh, love you too. Uh, Angela White in white. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling. I am feeling grateful. grateful. And, a, and a little nervous too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're revealing a lot in a different side of yourself. And this is live TV. Yes. So this is going out right now as we speak. Um, and I just want to thank you for coming on. I, as I said at the beginning of the show, we know there are people who just yelled, I love you, Angela. And then there are thank people who say, well, Black China, she's a tabloid superstar. She's an influencer. 
but is there a lesson that we can learn from mm. her? And I say yes. I say yes. yes. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Yes. You, I have a picture from February 5th okay. um, that my team has. Let's show the February 5th picture. And then we have one from March 17th. That's your face then. Wow. And this is uh, right around that time. And this is you this now. Is, yes, this is me now. This is you now. This is me now. So you can see the difference. To point out the major difference. Right here in the cheek area. Right cheeks. Cheek area. Yeah, see when I smile? Like now you can see like my all of my teeth. <laughs> you can see all of your teeth. I had so much filler in my lips to where as though I couldn't even barely smile, but see now wow. when I smile. Yeah. See, look at the difference from there. <laughs> you see? Yeah. You know that. <laughs> Thank you. You you know, people will say, she is so beautiful. Why did she mm -hmm. ever do Good that? question. How do you answer that question? insecurities and honestly what was kind of in at that moment mm. you know being in like the industry you want to have this image of yourself to look perfect you know and it's no such thing as that event. there isn't it's no such thing a lot of this a lot of this 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 vulnerability that we're seeing and the desire to talk you say it's faith that right. you in your words found god you recently got baptized yes yeah, I'm like, okay. That's amazing. That's wow. Yeah. She's fun, God. How did Good for her. Jumpstart this change. What were you at home one day? Did something happen? Because often we know that it's at our lowest point hmm. that suddenly we have to look up and we need that. What was going on in your life? A lot was going on in my life, honestly. Like, I had so many negative things that was being attached to my, to me and to my body and to my soul and to my mind. So whereas though it would uh, affect like my day to day and just different things in my life. So for Were me- you a person who go, went to church regular, was faith a part of your journey before now? No, hmm. no. So normally, you know, normally every kids get baptized like when they're babies or when they're younger. This was my first time ever being baptized. Wow, amazing. My first time, thank you. So growing up as growing up as Angela White, faith was not a I, part of the journey of-, of faith, faith was there, but I just was never baptized. Hmm. Yeah. And so you, at some point, felt like I need to refocus, not on fame, but on my faith. And that included the transformation of your body. When was the first, surgery that you got to change your exterior? The first time when I was 19. And that was the implant, the, the injection? Silicone injections. Silicone injections. Yes, ma'am. I read that you said those were, the ones you received were illegal. Yes. Wow. They still do them now. Well, we have had Kay Michelle on. We had a, a beautiful guest in yeah. my season two that I absolutely adore. She has since passed away. April, mm. she was a subject of a documentary on illegal mm -hmm. injections. This was her on our show. Yeah. Um, she was, I have even a hard time looking at her picture because she was one of the most beautiful human beings I'd ever interviewed. Mm -hmm. And she told people the cautionary tale hmm. of wanting this perfect exterior and mm. the risks that people would go through um, yes. as a result. So go back to 2019. So the pressure to have the right curves in the right places. You are now, uh, was this before Drake no, had mentioned you? not 2019, oh. when I was 19. When you were 19. 19. Yes, I'm 34 years old now. Wow. 
Yes, I've been living with this for many of years. What was going on when you were 19, though, that you said, okay, I'm, I'm, in, I'm feeling insecure. I want to have, I want to change my body. Tell me more about that time. Okay, so at the time, you guys, um, I was living in Washington, D.C. And... And people don't realize, they think you're Hollywood all day, but you were actually born in... I'm from, Wa yeah, I'm from Washington, D.C. Yeah, I'm from Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. DMV. DMV. Right. So you were there, 19 years old. Um, yes, and at the time, I was supposed to go to school in Johnson Wells University, but I didn't have the money. Hmm. And, you know, I was living with godparents at the time. So they're like, hey, you know, you're an adult now. You got to get out there in the, in the world. So basically, I had to figure out how to figure out how to get some money. So that's when I started to dance. I was an, I was an exotic dancer for six years from the ages of hmm. 18 to 24 to 24 years old. And being inside the strip club or, or any of that, the gentleman's club, you look at around, I'm super young. I'm looking at the women like, okay, like I'm looking at myself like, okay, this is not, this is not it. So this that's is not gonna get, this is not gonna make the money. This is not gonna make the money. So I felt insecure. the pressures of, you know, trying to hurry up and um, build my body when, it, when I should have just waited till I was older because that's gonna happen at 19, 18 years old, your, your body's not developed. And you know, in my mindset, I wasn't thinking about that and nobody was telling me, you know, like right is right from right, right from wrong, you know? So, so I was the, just- the people that were around were encouraging it. Would yes. you say that? Yeah, hmm. yes. When you first went in to get the injections at 19, where did you go? I went to a house. Wow, she went to a yeah. house. I went to a house, it's illegal, so. It was a house. You don't have to give me the address. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so in other words, she went to a house where someone was doing it illegal, probably not a licensed person who didn't know what the hell they were doing, but they just were doing it to make some money. Sad. <laughs> she looked at me like, Tamron Hall, we're not trying to have investigation discovery here. I'm not going to anybody's house. Anybody it, right. it was a house. It was a house. All right, so you went to, someone, you went to a home. Were you yes. afraid? Were you worried or were you, this is it? This is the this is the golden ticket. It was a golden ticket. I was not worried about it at all because at the time, this wasn't something that regular women could get. It was only in the trans community. Hmm. So this was a long time ago, you guys. Like you have to think that was what, 2007? Yeah, that's great perspective. 2007, yeah. to yeah. your point, this wasn't in every video. This, this was not. This was not everywhere. So you're no. there. Someone's told you go in this place and mm -hmm. you get the injections and you walk out. You walked in Angela White mm -hmm. and you come out the beginning of Black China. Yes, there's so many layers, you guys. I can't wait to talk about it. So, I mean, the, the Black China persona came obviously from the strip club. From the strip club, that's how I got the name. Mm -hmm. But it was always still Angela. But as, as I started getting... You Know, more of the tattoos, right. you know, tattoos. And wow. I went and got my, my breasts enhanced. How old were you when that went out? Um, that was, I did that when I was 20. Wow. So, so 19, Between 19 to 8 to 20. Yes. 20, you got the breast mm. enhancement. Well, correct. And in the strip club, the prediction was, or your, your anticipation was you become more popular. And that started to happen. And that's exactly what it did. With the body change. Yes. Did you feel the need to keep going? Since then, I had 
maybe went over six to seven times different to keep to gradually make my butt bigger and bigger and bigger wow. and bigger and bigger. And with the change, as yeah. your legendary body started to mm. become the subject of conversation, you started to make more money. Correct. So now the reward for the change is there. Hmm. Yes. And that becomes the trade-off of fame. Mm -hmm. How far were you willing to go to change Angela White? Yeah. To build this person. To, to, to build this persona of the perfect image of something that can be uh, used as like sexually. Oh yeah, that's what you it's know? about. It wasn't nothing else. It's like, this is your body. And I was using it, using the sexual part of it to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. to make money, to gain from it. Hmm. Wow. There you go. She started this when she was 18 in the strip club. Then she moved on to getting the first um, surgery. And, and the story continues. But the great news is, is that she's found there's been redemption. She's giving her life over to God. She's gotten baptized and she no longer is an OnlyFans creator. So I am happy for her, but there's so many other um, OnlyFans creators. I mean, there's other stories where, you know, a lot of them are saying that they no, no longer want to do OnlyFans, but that's just a small percentage of the OnlyFans, especially women who still participate and who's still a, an OnlyFans creator, you know, and the, I mean, that's one thing you being an OnlyFans creator, you're showing off your body. I mean, that's bad. That's really, really bad that you're not using other God given talents and gifts and skills that you can develop to make money in this world. It's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that many young women, and it's not now, we know that this has been going on from time, but we're talking about the online platforms that support this kind of, this kind of work. Um, it's unfortunate that they don't tap into their insights, their own internal skills, gifts, God-given talent to earn a living as opposed to displaying their body, selling their body to make a living. So it's really sad. And it's even a bigger shame when some of these OnlyFans uh, creators are impacting their children, the children that they've given birth to and brought into this world, the negative impact that they're having on their children. Like if you've looked at Watch My Show's couple of shows over I talk about where are we headed as a as a generation as a species we are headed towards an extinction the way that we we ourselves as a human race we're the ones bringing ourselves to an extinction because the generation that's being raised up right now the younger generation the generations to come the things that that we are encouraging the feminism, the modern feminism, the transgender movement, and all of these other things we are, you know, bringing 
having all these surgeries and performing, allowing these children and encouraging these children to mutilate their bodies at a young age, even before they get to 18 to become an adult. You know, parents are okay with that. Parents are encouraging them. Parents are paying for all of these things. What is this world going to be in the next five to 10 years? It's going to be unrecognizable. And I don't even think, I, to me, it's it's heading towards extinction for sure, 100%. But when you are an OnlyFans model and you are sort of indoctrinating your own child or own children that this is okay to see mommy go sell her body on OnlyFans because mommy need to make a living and it's okay, my daughter or my son, it's all right. It's okay because mommy has to go to work. It's a crying shame. So finally, I'm going to share with you just a story talking just about that. A mother, Amber Rose, you probably know her. She's quite famous. How she talks about this to her son. But I'll let Candace Owings share that story with you. Let's get started here opposite side of the exact same token of what is celebrated as feminism, like girls going on the internet and getting naked and selling their bodies somehow supposedly that is that's the real stuff. We're so free because we put our breasts on the internet, right? Which brings me, of course, always to Emily Rodzikowski. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I feel like I have slept with her. I've seen her naked so many times on the internet. And so she has this podcast. We've brought it up before in the past and she brings on a lot of women who basically in my opinion, talk about how they channel their anger for men through their sons. You know, Emily, one on one episode of her podcast, spoke about how she basically forces her son to play with girl toys and pink toys. And she's like, oh my gosh, no, he naturally likes trucks. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's so wrong. And I find that to be very strange. Well, she is now speaking to Amber Rose on her podcast. And you're not even going to believe what Amber Rose has to say about her son. Take a listen. How are you going to raise your sons to like be different? My sons are feminists already. Sebastian is a feminist. Tell me what that means. Her sons are feminists already. She's raising her cheer boys, her son, to be a feminist. Wow. Interesting. Just means equality. He gets it. You know, he, uh, we were in the car and his friend was like, Miss Amber, ask us like what we like in girls. Like what we like about girls. And I was like, okay, do you like blonde hair? Do you like dark hair? You know? And Noah was like, well, I just don't want my girlfriend being on OnlyFans. And Sebastian was like, bro, you can't say that. Like you have to let a woman do what she wants with her body. Like that's not. Wow. So his friend is saying he doesn't want his girlfriend being on OnlyFans. And her son is saying, hey, you need to let the woman do whatever body. Interesting. See what we're grooming? You see what the men that we're raising? Sad. Not cool. Like you can't do that. Were you so proud? And I like, it was like a tear like came down my cheek. That's so beautiful. And I'm like, that's my (laughs) baby. Like, damn. I instilled that in him. I was going to say, how did you do that? I'm asking. I need like, I need to take notes. Yeah. Let's just, let's, let's actually, I need to take notes. Let's pause right there for a second. She has a tear going down her eye. She's so proud of her son. She's a basic 
by girl to cheapen herself on the internet and sell her body for profit. And then her son, who she raised so well, said, hey, bro, you can't say that. To be a real man means to let your woman sell themselves on the internet for profit. What? What is? What are you even talking about? What are you talking about? I'm so proud to hear him say that because being a real woman means that you sell your body for profit. But don't worry, guys. Mm. It's going to get worse. Keep going, Amber. These kids, if they don't learn from you, they're going to learn from TikTok and Instagram. My son, anytime, I mean, I know this is going to sound crazy, but anytime I used the bathroom and my son was two, three years old, he'd be like, mommy, do you need a tampon? Do you need a pad, mommy? I'll, I'll go in the drawer and get it for you. I told him about everything. Okay. Like, what? What? So when she's on her period and she's using the bathroom, her son is asking her if she needs a pad or a tampon. He'll go get it. What? Oh my God. I'm sorry, let's pause right there. I am so mortified. What? Yeah. What are we even talking room. about here? Yep. In the history of the world, first and foremost, I want to be clear. Even if it was a two-year-old girl, every time you go to the bathroom saying, Mommy, do you need a tampon? Crazy. Mommy, do you need a pad or a tampon? <laughs> that is the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Why on oh earth would it become important to her? I have a two-year-old son at home. Why on earth would it become... They're not even potty trained, by the way. Two-year-old boy, not even potty trained. Why would it be important for her to tell, to program her son to ask whether or not she needs a tampon every time it's she goes wrong. to the bathroom? That is disgusting. It is. That is disgusting. What is going on with this world? You know what's going on with this world? We... The, this is the, the rising and the grooming of weak men. Because trust me, he's not going to be a real masculine man. No, the way that she's raising this child or sons or how many of it she has. This is, this is ridiculous. This is the rise of weak men. And no longer that we appreciate the masculine man, but we appreciate the feminine weak man. And this is a classic case of it. Mm. Oh, what did we just listen to? What? Wow, that's so amazing. How creepy. This is why these women are single. Yeah. Could you, this is why Amber Rose is single because it's creepy. If I'm a guy and I go over to your house and you're like, I'm going to use the restroom, then I see your little two year old son come up and say, Bobby, do you need a tampon? Bobby, do you need a tampon? I'm like, I don't know what the hell goes on in this house, but I am out, bro. Out. I am out. Okay, let me tell you that I am not stepping up to the plate to help raise. Anything going on in this house because that's weird. It's just weird. Very. It makes me uncomfortable. Is nothing private anymore? Is that what being a feminist means? It means that you share tampons and pads conversations with your two-year-old son who's probably more concerned with trucks. <laughs> you think that's that like we're supposed to listen to that and go, wow, I got something wrong. Mm. And as I said, forget the gender. Even if she was raising a daughter, I would find that to be really yeah. weird. Let's see what else she has to say. Is it gonna get worse? Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, you have to because you're famous. Your son, by the time he's five, is going to start Googling you and and seeing everything. And if you don't have those conversations, like, but when Sebastian said that, he was like, because he said that somebody told him your mom is on OnlyFans. And I was like during the pandemic. I, mean, yeah. I had to work, mm -hmm. you know? Of course. There's no shame in that. Yeah. And um, work. I had a whole conversation with him about it, you know, 
I have a whole well, How did you talk to him about it? Just like, this is a way that mommy can make money. And like, my body is like, can be sexual. And like, that's a good thing. Like, what did you say? Yeah. I also said that whoever told him that their parents are ignorant, because obviously he got it from his parents. Because mm-hmm. the f- kid we're talking about. Yeah, right. Of course. And uh, yeah. And I just explained everything to him. Like, when it comes to women, you have to let women do what they need to do to support their families. You want to go to a nice school? Six Flags, Universal, <laughs> Travel. You know, mommy has to make money. Okay, no. okay. Just want to make that clear. I guess you're going to have to call me an ignorant mom. By Amber Rose's standards, I am the ignorant mom that she's talking about. I'm the ignorant kid. I'm the ignorant whatever that she's talking about. Proudly wear that. I'll put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> I'm the ignorant mom, according to Amber Rose, because what a ridiculous notion. Do you want to go to Six Flags? Well, mommy got to be a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like nice stuff? Well, mommy got to be a hoe. And if you don't understand that, so boy, go get me a tampon. (laughs) (laughs) What goes on in these households? Craziness. Are there no other options for women in society? I'm just so lost. There are no other options for women in society but to be a hoe. Really? That's the lesson that we've learned. And she's sitting here telling her, telling her son, that if anybody tells you differently, it's because they're ignorant. Mm -hmm. They are ignorant. This is what we got to do to get that money, okay? We got to be hoes on OnlyFans, Mm. and we need tampons and pads from our two-year-olds. And that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is it, peoples. There we go. We have it. That is quite a lot. So, You've seen that we have a classic example of a woman grooming her child when it comes to OnlyFans. And this is a boy. And she's telling him, you know, mommy has to go work, go and work on OnlyFans, et cetera, et cetera. You heard it for yourself. And this is where we're at in society today with women selling their bodies, showing their bodies online. And because they're feminists, it's okay. Because, like the first woman says, she can do, say, uh, let me let me just go back and get her words. Let's, you know, what did she say? Let me just get the right words here. She said, I don't want to misquote her. Let's just get her words. What did she say? Um, let's go back here. Okay. She says, yeah, feminism is about women's right to choose to be equal and to have autonomy over how they use and show their bodies, among other things. Perfect example of this than a woman who loves herself and respects herself enough to be paid for that very expression. And she also had said that she can do, say, oh, here it is. She says, she's a feminist supporting the rights of the women to do, say, and behave as they please without also believing wholeheartedly that is okay. It's also okay for my naked body to be viewed online on my OnlyFans profile. There you have it. 
And these are modern women that you guys, you men, are pursuing. That you want to raise your children to, and you want to be with and probably are raising some of your children these days. It is a sad, sad situation that we're in. And it's just, it's just mind boggling to me, the delusion and the lies that so many modern women has been fed. There's nothing empowering about sex work on OnlyFans. All it does is enable behavior on both via ex exploitation, because that's what it is. Men exploit their money and further shapes women's jaded view by complying and buying content by throwing their earned money, earned money at them, which it should be using to pay bills, invest, save, buy food, and investing in themselves to grow and find quality women that truly love and care for them. Women exploit men's desire and companionship for, and desire for sex and companionship through their wallet, complimenting them and building them up to maintain the fantasy and their possible hopes of something more. So my question is for you today, as I close, if you had a relative or daughter who was struggling financially, would you recommend their, them, would you recommend that they go start an OnlyFans account to make money? That is my question. Would you recommend that they start an OnlyFans account? Would you encourage them to go sell their bodies? Would you encourage them to go display their bodies on OnlyFans, probably online, just to survive? Would you encourage them not to get a, a job that is in alignment to their skills? To not to get a job, I should say, that is alignment to their skills, but rather, no, go open an OnlyFans account. It's okay. I support you. I love you. You know, if it's going to be bringing money, go ahead. Would you tell them that? Would you tell them it is okay to be viewed and to be gawked upon by men that you don't even know who are looking at you? Would you encourage them? Would you tell them that this is empowering, that you know, this is what women fought for as feminists. This is modern that you can do, say, and behave as you please. That you can give men a view, a taste of one of the most precious things that you have, your body. You would sell your soul. It's okay to sell your soul on this platform for money. Would you encourage them? Would you encourage them as a man, as a father, as an uncle, as a brother, as a relative? Would you encourage them? I want to hear from you.
I want to hear what you think. Would you do it? Would you say yes to it? Would you be supportive? Would you say, well, it's her body, her choice. So I have nothing to say. That may be, that may be true, but I want to hear what you have to say regardless. Would you encourage them? And would you say, hell no, there's other things that you can do to make a living. There's other things that you can do that's legitimate, that's wholesome, that it's that you're not going to regret for the rest of your life. Because these women, this information will ever be available to anyone and everyone. Even if you hang out, you have Black China has stepped away. She has quit OnlyFans. But don't you think that her reputation will always be smeared by being an OnlyFans creator or model, as they call it? That people will always have something negative to say about her, even though there's some people that was, that don't have a problem with it. The vast majority of people will look down upon her, even though she's changed. She's found God. This is something that you can never, ever, ever get away from. No, even if you change your ways, unfortunately. And that's what you have to live with. So thank you for tuning in to this episode. All of the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and so on. As we wrap up another episode, it was great having you here. I want to hear from you. If you've watched this episode on YouTube, remember to subscribe to the channel, like the, the video, and turn on that notification bell to be notified whenever a new, every day when a new episode is dropped. Also go to the podcast platforming streams, uh, stream platform. So whether that's Spotify, Apple, any of the above to listen to exclusive, um, exclusive content, exclusive episodes where I really get into the stats and facts when it comes to about, you know, men's rights, uh, feminism, and all of the above and other things. So that's exclusive content that I only share on those audio podcast platforms. And what else? Remember also to leave a positive review. If you're listening in on this episode, you can also watch this episode on Spotify. You can actually see the video um, and listen to the audio content as well. And remember, people don't have to like you. They don't even have to love you. But when you look in the mirror, you better love what you see. Take care and bye for now.